podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to AI Scouted on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Dave Hendrick, joined as always by Mr. Carl Matchett. How are you, sir? At a loss after having not spoken to you or Guy in at least three days. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I haven't even spoken to Guy this week, which is unusual. I've been recording myself just to ease the workload on Mr. Drinkle. Um, it's a strange time of year, Carl. The transfer window has just opened. Liverpool have already signed a player. But according to Twitter... Liverpool's summer has been a disaster so far. Uh, how do you feel hours into the transfer window? <laughs> um, didn't honestly realise we were in summer yet, let alone the fact that we could assess whether it's been a disaster or not. Goodness me. Yeah, I did you know, warn you about this last week when we signed him so early. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. You know how Twitter works, though, and when, when journalists of ill repute put up stories saying we've got no money, people just take it for granted that that's the truth and not just something the club wants out there so that they can negotiate better. Anyway, let's get into a couple of questions on Discord. But before we do that, David Ornstein has reported today that Arsenal have made a move towards Kai Havertz. Now, I'm a huge Kai Havertz fan, but I think he's a horrible fit for Arsenal. I don't really know where he would fit for them. He's not a number nine. And Arsenal's wide players don't score enough to justify playing with a false nine type. He could be a rotation backup for Jesus and Bakayo Saka. But is that really the best use of their resources, considering he would also likely command a massive wage? It's a really odd fit. (laughs) It doesn't quite fit anywhere there, I don't think. it'd be a very different type of all the players they have. That's my big concern mm. here. Well, that's not that's not obviously a problem in itself. Those are key players in the two main positions that he features in. Um, and obviously with Odegaard, they went away from a true number 10 at the start of the season to much more of a three in the middle in the latter half of the season. So it, it's not an easy plug and play for him. Um, fees involved are going to be enormous. I mean, if I'm Chelsea, I'm probably accepting that, to be honest, even though it's a rival, because I just think that there's not too much more they're going to get out of him. They have to start offloading some. Mm. I'm not really sure if that's a deal which works for Kai. No, I don't think it does either. And I agree with you. Like Chelsea have a decision to make now as to whether they give him a new contract, which in truth he hasn't really earned, other than scoring the winner in a Champions League final, which means that no matter what else, he scored the winner of Champions League final. That deal is not a flop because he won them a European Cup. 
but it hasn't been a success. And if you sign up to a new deal, you are basically going to try and stick a square peg in a round hole for the next five years, which you've already been doing for the last three years. Um, I don't like the move for him. Like you say, I mean, he, he is versatile enough that he could play in three different positions, but like, didn't they buy Fabio Vieira to be cover mm. for Odegaard and for Saka? Wasn't that the point of spending thirty million on him last year? And they still like, have to bring back Emil Smith Rowe to some sort of human. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just don't know. They're a strange club doing strange things. Some of the contract extension stuff is ridiculous. A hundred hundred grand a week to Reese Nelson. The fellow was better when he went on loan to Hoffenheim than he has been since since then. He had a failed loan at Feyenoord last year. He has not impressed for Arsenal. And they're giving him 100 grand a week. They did the same thing with Eddie Nketiah last year. They make a lot of strange moves. Anyway, we have some questions of our own. So this first question, it's a little bit of a rehash of what we talked about last week. But uh, it's from Tommy. Uh, I recall you saying you have a lot of respect for Ange Postacoglu. How do you feel about him potentially going to Spurs? He's obviously gone to Spurs now. Uh, first Aussie to coach in the Premier League after winning a Scottish travel and five trophies in two years. How do you think he'll go at Spurs? I'll, I'll go first. If he was going to come to England, I think this is one of the better jobs for him because Spurs are in a situation where he walked in with most of the leverage They didn't want to go through another saga of trying to hire a manager like they did two years ago. They've had multiple seasons now out of the Champions League. They're a club very much in a slippery slope, potentially losing their best player. And if they lose Kane, it does signal a rebuild, which I'm sure Ange will be fine with. But I would be confident that when he negotiated his deal with them, he negotiated time and patience and backing as well as just, you know, a contract. So I do think he'll get a good opportunity there. I think there's enough pieces to start off with that he could build something. Much will just depend on who they appoint a sporting director, how much money they're willing to put into the project. But the one thing I know is he will get them working harder and playing more attractive football than they ever have before. His teams run themselves into the ground. And if players don't meet his standards, they just don't play. It's as simple as that. He's not one to mollycoddle. He's not one to go easy on players. If you don't meet his standards, if you don't do what he asks of you, you will not play. And that will be a kick up the arse for a lot of players at Spurs who've been on easy street. Even when Conte was there, there was players managing to skate by for one reason or another. Now, the biggest culprit of that was the club captain, Hugo Lloris, who's now out. But I'm confident he'll do quite well there. Will he win the league? No. But I think he could win a domestic cup or two there. And given the lack of success at Spurs over the last 40 years, that's probably enough. Um, Yeah, I I think he's a good fit for them, to be honest. I think the biggest thing which will decide whether or not he's a success, depending on how people define that, obviously, is going to be whether Daniel Levy, in particular, has got to grips with the fact that Tottenham are not what he wanted to make them and stop judging people by that. Uh, if he if he has got that, you know, into factored into the equation of, of hiring 
Postacoglu, then I think Postacoglu will do well to rebuild this team. If you're looking, if you want Spurs to be a title contender from now, you are hoping it's at best two manager appointments: one to rebuild the team and make them good again, and mm. then maybe you're going to need an elite one to to um, to challenge Bridge, alongside like the gap. Yeah, yeah, basically. So you you are looking for Postacoglu to rebuild this team, rebuild the squad get a way of playing alongside a director of football who they bring in and make them top four candidates on a regular basis. And like you say, probably win a trophy or two along the way for the improvement of the club overall. But he's not likely to be an immediate challenger unless, you know, a year out of uh, European football just basically lets him have 38 games which matter and that's it. And he really, really does run everything as hard and fast as possible. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think that's very fair. I think he could be one the one that gets them right to the brink. Similar to Pochettino, it's just that they didn't replace Pochettino when they needed to, and then they didn't replace him the way they should have. I know they got Jose in, but it wasn't the Jose that wins things. It was the, the afterwards Jose. So, um, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Right, moving on. Uh, this question's from Fabio. With the Mbappe news, that is, that he is likely to leave PSG this summer, he says he's not, but all reports suggest he is. And the hypothetical of Mo being a target to replace him, who would you like to see as his successor? I'm going to put a caveat in here, Carl, which is that Mo goes, sorry, that Mbappe goes to not Liverpool. So he goes to Real Madrid or... I don't know, Bayern Munich or Man City. He doesn't come to us. Genuinely. Can you see him at Bayern Munich? No, but I don't want you trying to make out that we could sign him. So we're not signing him. They're buying Mo. I think think what's going to happen is he'll go to Real and I think Kane will go to Bayern. That's what I think will happen. I don't know if Mo would go to PSG, but I could definitely see them having interest in Mo. Hmm. So first question is, who would you like to see as his successor? And then a follow-up from Barnsley is, how much would you accept as a transfer fee for us to let Mo go? Um... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Is it this summer? This summer. God, there's already so much to do this summer. That's the problem. Mm. Bringing in a Salah replacement is, is not something I want to consider for this summer. So it would have to be a lot based on that. It would have to be like Salah making quite a bit of noise that he wants to go and then PSG coming up with 
100 feels too much. Does it? But I, I think so. Does it? I think so. Eden Hazard went for 100 million with a year <laughs> left in his contract four or five years ago. Yeah. Cristiano at age 30, 35 went for 100 million. I don't think 100 I, seems too much at all. This is one of the best players on the planet. I think 100 is the starting point for negotiations. Okay, Declan Rice is going for 100 million this summer. Yeah, I know. He's an average English midfielder. All right. Let's go for 100 and then rising then. Okay, right. You'll go 100 and, and some add-ons. I'm going to say 120. 120 and some add-ons is where I would want. Now, he will be 31, I think, tomorrow? Yeah, 31 tomorrow. But the way he looks after himself, he's still got six years left in him. Oh, yeah, easy. In that league as well, Farmers League, up against, you know, fellas that are just above the plumbers and the school teachers that Cristiano's playing against in Saudi Arabia, there's a lot of poor players in that league. There's a lot of great players in that league, a lot of really talented players, but there's a lot of poor players. He would score bundles of goals in that league. I would want 120 plus, you know, some, some add-ons that are maybe a little bit, if, if they win the Champions League, they have to give us another 15 million, something like that. Something that incentivizes them as well, because we know that's the whole purpose for them. Yeah, and, and the, and the, the only reason I'd accept, I'd consider it, Carl, is yeah, yeah. There, so there you go. If you say ten million on a Ballon d'Or and ten if they win the Champions League, so it's a hundred or a hundred to one hundred and twenty for you, one hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty for me. But the only reason I'd consider it is his age, because he is thirty-one, and if we are going to operate in this fashion, this is kind of what we needed to do. Is we kind of needed, like we needed to sell Mane a year or two earlier. We needed to sell Mo a couple of years ago and get the best value for them if we wanted to be sell-to-buy and self-sustaining and all the rest of that good stuff. Do I want him to leave? Absolutely not. And I don't believe you do either, but... No, no, no. Like, given what we know of these owners, this might be our best way to reload the team. No, yeah, absolutely. As we, we said all along, you got to pick at least one of those three who you sell. You can't just let them go for free and replace the same amount. You never bring in anything at all. That's that was never going to work. Um, you know, we've both said a number of times we started that process at least one window too late, if not two, uh, because you know for Saudi Mane, I know we got relatively good money in for him in terms of it was a big chunk, but we could have got twice the amount easily. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, with the clubs that were in for him. Absolutely. Right. So now to the other part of the question, who would you bring in to replace him? Because for me, I think the way I'd want to do it is to replace him in the same way we replaced Phil, which is to not try and directly replace him because I don't think that's a possibility. I think you restructure the team and you improve other areas in a significant way. And then you can replace Mo in the aggregate. So, for example, rather than having a front three of, say, Mo, Cody, and Diaz, which might get you 45 league goals in a season, you go with Darwin up front, Cody, and Diaz as two of three behind, bring in a, a right winger 
who'll get you some goals, but then massively improve a different part of the team. So say, for example, going and spending, I haven't factored in Alexis there either, but say going and getting Caicedo or Chuameni for big money and then using whatever's left on a right winger who can be developed into something who will get us 15 goals and maybe 10 assists a season. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously, there's only those two ways to do it, really. You can't replace like for like. You can re- try and replace um, style of play, but you can't necessarily just go and get a, a ready-made Salah right at this moment in time. Um, I, don't, I mean, I'm trying to factor in, I think we're going to carry on with the way that we're going here rather than going to a three behind a one, let's say. Most of the wide forwards that I like play on the opposite side with the other foot. Yes, and that makes so it very, more, very difficult. Because there's more right-footed people than left-footed people and we live in a world where no winger can apparently play on their natural side anymore. <laughs> so they all end up as inverted wingers. I, I would probably go big, but not quite as big as we're selling for, for an opposite-sided player and bring Diaz to the right. Okay. Do you have any names in mind? Well, Leao has just signed the new deal, which he—he's the name, isn't like that's he, He's the one. Him. Had he not signed the new deal, I, w- I would be really keen to go for because he offers a number nine option as well. Obviously, mm. given the fact that he has just signed the new deal, I'd at least be looking to sound out how much Kvartskalia might be, and. You probably also have to ask the question about Gabi uh, because of obviously Barcelona's situation. Totally different player, but left side of the of the attack is obviously where he's had a lot of football now. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I, I would have said Saka would be the easy, obvious one to go for, but one, Arsenal finished ahead of us last season, and two, he's just signed a new deal as well. He's so, a new deal. so it. it quite significantly reduces who I would like to even bother thinking about. Um, top of my head, I think those two in, in Serie A would be the ones I would be looking at first to at least see how much it would be, what level of interest there is there, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's definitely fair. I, I wonder if someone like Adiemi could be of interest, left footer, play either side. I'd want better. I'd want further along in their development. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he is he is quite quite early in his career. What what I would if we're staying in the same shape, okay? If we're going to stay in this shape, and let's say we sell Mo, and that's kind of all we have for the summer is the Mo money, and maybe there's enough for one more or whatever. I think, I think what I'd do is I'd go Chuameni and Michael Olise, and I play Olise on the right have him as the, my main creative hub there, play Darwin through the middle and put the goal burden on him with Diaz on the left and then Alexis and Cody as the two advanced eights against the Dross. Obviously, I'd be looking to bring in Turam as the advanced eight against the, the stronger teams where you want that more ball-winning, defensive-minded presence who can get box-to-box and do all that. But having Cody as an option there is something that appeals to me. 
And then if I've got Chouameni and Trent in the base of my midfield, I think I'm I think I'm set there. Now, if there's no money left to get the centre back we need, then that's problematic as well. But can I find can I find a workaround? Is there a club out there with the right player for us that we could do a a Juventus style loan with an obligation to buy in twelve months deal, even if you agree to pay a slightly higher fee than you would otherwise want to? I think that's what I'd do. I think I'd look to go Chuameni and Michael Olise. And and just reroute how that like Olise replaces Mo's creativity, replaces Mo's speed, not as quick, but he is quick when he gets going, and he replaces Mo's uh, dribbling ability. He's also an elite set piece taker. And then Darwin is where I'm looking to, and I think he's going to be good for eight to ten Premier League goals a season. Who's that? With Michael Olise. Oh, okay. And then Darwin through the middle, I think you can get your goals from him. So as opposed to Mo getting you 25 and Bobby, say, getting you 10 to 12, can I get 25 from Darwin, 10 to 12 from Elise? And then you're you're hoping Diaz can pop and start to score more. And then Cody is an option left wing, nine, and right side at eight. I've got Turam and Alexis behind them. I've got Chiumeni and Trent behind that. And I make do with the defence. If if need be, maybe you look to dip in and grab someone on a free that you can bring in for depth and play Joe Gomez on the left of the back three just because he's a more natural fit as a centre-back than, than Robbo, even if he's not left-footed. I'd ra- I think I'd rather have him if you can get him back to even 80% of what he was. What about if Barcelona came and said you can have Rafinha for 40? Rafinha over Elise. I'd probably do that. Like, I love Michael Elise, and I think he's going to be an absolutely incredible player. But Rafinha is is pretty much ready-made to walk in and contribute straight away. Mm. And I know that in this league, he can get me 10 to 12 goals. I know he's capable of scoring goals. I know he's capable of double figures and assists as well. I'd take Rafinha. I would. I'd take Rafinha. The only thing with Elise is he is homegrown as well, so does help out. But yeah, if I could get Rafinha. Yeah. I, I, and like I said, like, too many, it could be Caicedo. I'd take Caicedo and Elise or Rafinha as well. But I think that's what I'd do. I think I'd just look to make a massive upgrade somewhere else. And even accepting a downgrade in that Mo position, if I can reroute the goals somewhere else, it's probably the best way. And like the thing for me is like the thing the thing for me actually is I would rather we turn ourselves into an absolute monster defensively and just don't concede any goals and get back to conceding, you know, twenty two to twenty five league goals a season. And win that way, win games one nil and two one, then have to rely on getting three goals a game. So even if I was getting less goals overall, if I'm stopping them, then I, I think I think I'm still going to get the same type of results I want. Fair enough. Hopefully, we're not going to be worrying about selling them anyway. Yeah, with a bit of luck. Although you know, Saudi Arabia. 
Mm. Um, what are your thoughts on Stevie going to Saudi Arabia? Actually, just I, I haven't I haven't seen you comment on it. <sighs> um, are you surprised? Yes, I mean yeah. from a management perspective, I, I don't see the point. I don't see the appeal. I really don't. From a coaching perspective, I don't know what he expects to learn. I don't know what he expects to receive in terms of um, his coaching standing in the game. I mean, if you want a you know family experience or you want a different area of life, culture, whatever, fine. But from a coaching perspective, management, not a clue. We've spoken I... about this before. The league is not a league. The league is not set mm. up for sustained growth at this point. The league's not good at this point. And again, you look back to people going to, to China and it wasn't just players, it was managers going there as well. Rafa went there, Lippi went there, mm. loads of people went there. Navarro. It, it improved nothing about them no. from a coaching perspective. It didn't get them, you know, massively respected trophies if they happened to win. It didn't give them new insights into uh, coaching people that they could bring back to a bigger club or a European club or a nation or anything after that. There isn't at this moment a coaching validity to being over there. Um, I mean, like, Xavi going to Qatar and coming back and going to Barcelona is irrelevant in that case because he was going to be going to Barcelona because that was his club and because they wanted him. It wasn't to do with having cut his teeth in that area of the world. So it just, just to keep him busy, wasn't it, more than anything? Just don't really get it. The only thing he's going to learn over there, and this is the only thing he's going to learn over there, is what it looks like when you're sitting on your banking app and someone transfers 10 million quid all in one go into your account. You're going to learn what that looks like. And other than that, you're going to learn nothing. Like this is, from a coaching point of view, this is basically an acknowledgement that he is not going to be a top-level coach that at best he's going to be a journeyman who bounces around and pops up here and there. And I don't think he's going to do that either. Like, I've, I've since watching that that sit-down he did with Trent and Steve Sidwell and a few others, I, I've been convinced that the best thing for Stevie in football would be to run an academy. And what I would have liked to see us do is bring him in as, like, assistant academy director below Alex Inglethorpe with the view that in a couple of years he's going to replace Alex Inglethorpe and have him drive the message, the way we handle ourselves through the academy, how we treat young players, developing after-academy programs for people that don't make the grade. That's what I I, I think is the best path for Stevie in football because I don't think he's a manager. I don't think he's got the personality for it. But the thing is, I don't see him up in his family. Like, his kids are still in school. I don't see him up in his family and moving them. He didn't move them when he went to Rangers or to Villa. I don't see him moving them to Saudi Arabia. I don't know that his missus won't be all that thrilled about moving to Saudi Arabia either. Because her family, her friends, her whole circle is in Liverpool. So I have a feeling this is one of those things where he'll go do the job, come back when he can and just make as much money as he can. But for me, like this is this is what you do at the end of your career. It's not what you do when you're trying to rebuild it after what happened to him in Villa. Um, Isaac Gilding has asked a question, and in typical Isaac fashion, this is well thought out, 
and requires your attention. So I'm going to give you this. Season's over. Summer is the time for outlandish scoutings. Next time you're doing a questions pod, here's something I'd, li- I'd like to know your thoughts on. What would you make of the following scenarios? Which is your favourite and which is the most likely? Feel free to flesh them out as you see fit. So I'm going to give them to you one by one. Mm. And I want you just to tell me what do you think of it. Then at the end, we'll do which is our favourites and what which do we think is most likely. So scenario number one. Liverpool lose in the Europa League semi-final, but win the Premier League in the 24-25 season and Jürgen decides to leave a season early and Liverpool appoint Roberto De Zerbi as his replacement. How would you feel about that scenario? Uh, missing out on the, winning the Europa League probably be annoying in losing a semi-final, but it's the Europa League, okay, probably won't bug me that much. Uh, surprisingly winning the Premier League the following season, I'll be all right with it. <laughs> um, it will be a surprise, probably, uh, the uh, current amount that we think that we might need to do. don't think we'd be a billion miles off, but yeah, okay. I think we'll all take a, a Premier League title, however and whenever it comes, so we're fine with that. And De Zerbi being hired, I would be very, very surprised if uh, Klopp left a year early. I must admit that, especially after winning another Premier League title. Um, it would be only two years into a rebuild at that point. They say it's yeah. better to leave a party a half hour too early than a half hour too late. And look what happened the last time he won a league title. Uh, yeah, Jürgen has never left the party early in his life, mate. He he quit a year early in Dortmund. He had a year left in his contract and he walked on. The- that, that, that wasn't early. <laughs> that wasn't no, early in true. terms of what happened to that's the team. True. That's true. <laughs> um, look... Don't think it's the most ridiculous scenario which could happen. I think all of those have reasonable merit, but I would be surprised if Klopp left. And to be honest, I would be surprised if Deserbi was the replacement. We haven't really gone that way with, you know, a tactical breaking the mould kind of player other than when we hired Brendan Rodgers. And I'd be quite surprised if FSG wanted to take that particular route again. Especially considering the only reason we signed Brendan Rodgers is because everybody else turned us down. Uh, Klopp surprises everyone and wins the Europa League and Premier League next season. So the 23-24 season. Plus one more Champions League in his last three years in his deal. And then sticks out the rest of his contract. So basically between now and the end he wins Europa, wins the Premier League and wins the Champions League. Yeah, Arnie Slot replaces him. How would you feel about that? So it's more, obviously we know that winning the trophies would be great. It would be more on the Arnie slot thing. Yeah. Um, at this point, underwhelmed. <laughs> I think Arnie Slot would have to do a hell of a lot in the intervening three years or so, or four years, uh, for that to be anywhere on my radar whatsoever. Um, we have some breaking news. Now, I'm going it's to be Liverpool appointing slot. No, it's not. It's from Luke Edwards in The Telegraph, who I'm not going to ask you, but he does seem to be roundly unliked between his own colleagues in the media. It's actually from Mike McGrath. Newcastle are trying to negotiate a deal for Inter Milan's Nicolo Barella. Very ambitious move to fill priority 6-8 role this window. Well, he's not a 6, so that's weird. A uh, key player in the 
runs the Champions League final will take persuading story with Luke Edwards. Um, I don't know what to make of that, Carol. Newcastle trying to sign Nicola Brella. I don't see any possibility that Newcastle get him unless Inter are desperate to sell because their finances are up in the air again. I mean, it's an odd story in that it literally says they've been desperate to sign a number six this summer to allow Guimaraes to play further up fit, up fit, up the pitch and Barella mm. would be a stunning fit and an upgrade on John Joe Shelby. Um, okay, yes, yes, that bit's true. He would be an upgrade on John Joe Shelby. He also has absolutely no relevance to John Joe Shelby, who is not even in the Newcastle squad for the second half of the season because he went out on loan. So, uh, Barella would basically be here a replacement for uh, Sean Longstaff, let's say, um, who has been playing the right-sided eight, basically, for Newcastle in the second half of the campaign. Still a stunning upgrade. Uh, again, wouldn't really affect the position of Ruben Gimaes in that in that scenario. They would still require a number six. So the deal is thought to be reachable according to multiple sources uh, and plenty of talks over the next few days. Um, I mean, for Barella... Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Obviously, going to Newcastle is going to mean the Premier League, which, let's be perfectly honest, is a step up in terms of visibility from Serie A. It's going to be better money than he's on at Inter Milan because they can't possibly give out any more money than they have done at the minute. Mm. Uh, it's a club of lower prestige, but like everybody knew going into that Champions League final, Inter Milan were not really a Champions League finalist team this year in terms Agreed. of quality and standing of where they are right at that moment. So perhaps he feels this is inter period coming to a close and Newcastle is the offer on the table at the minute. Whether that would still be the same if other clubs suddenly come in for that fifty million price, I would suspect not. Yeah, it's very, very strange and the timing is very weird as well, considering in the last couple of days we've had reports that Newcastle have, you know, quite a limited budget this summer and and a lot to do and they don't exactly have a lot of sellable players. Um, maybe St. Maximum, but they'd still need to replace them then. And I don't think he'd have the value that Newcastle seemed to think he'd have, given he's got very little in the way of end product and might be the most frustrating player in the world after Adama Traore. Um, yeah, I mean, they can certainly get rid of a lot of players by volume and maybe altogether they're going to sort of conjure up a fee worth of income, but not very many big money deals to go out unless they're 
like you say, moving on some of the first teamers to bring in even better first teamers as such. Um, this this piece actually really really hammers home that Barrell is the deep lying midfielder, the number six. It, it is not. Let's be no, very clear on this. At no point has he played. At no point has he played as the number six for Inter Milan. Um, just just no to that. So the deal itself obviously may have. have um, Plenty of merit, but the reasons behind this part of it does not, not, not in no. the slightest. Um, no. Look, I mean, like if you're Newcastle United and you think you can make one massive deal, yeah, go for this. Why not? If you think you've got the the pull because you're in the Champions League and this is the moment that, let's be honest, Liverpool haven't seized many a time when we've gone on and won the Champions League and we haven't gone, right, let's just get it right this summer and accelerate a year or two. We've missed that opportunity. So yeah. Newcastle, why wouldn't they? They already said they're ahead of schedule. They didn't expect to be in the Champions League. So why pass up that opportunity? They've got to aim big. And we know that there's not going to be a problem in terms of finances. It's just staying within the finances that they're allowed to spend. So yeah, I mean, the opportunity is there. Barella is a... You're not going to lose out on anything by getting him, let's put it that way. Because no, even aside exactly. from technical ability, there's just unbelievable work right there. And and like there's always the the possibility that in an unconnected move that has nothing to do with Newcastle's financial financial restrictions with regards to FFP, that a Saudi Arabian team might offer them 150 million for Jamal Lachelle's this summer. <laughs> so you know, there's always that. Um, right, let's go back. Maybe, maybe Stevie is really, really, really keen on Dan Byrne. If Stevie is really a Liverpool legend. There's only one man he needs to bring with him. 70 only, million for the captain, do you say? 70 million. Listen, I've assessed your squad and what you need is leadership. Your players are running around and they don't know where they're meant to be going. You need someone to point them in the right direction. <laughs> Jordan, it's been, it's been wonderful. Off you fuck, clack. Off you go. Enjoy. Get yourself a nice tan. Factor 50 though, because you're from Sunderland. So, you know, you're not used to the good weather. Um, there is a report actually going around that Gerard wants to get Bobby and then get Sadio and Phil and reunite the band. So you, you just never know. You just never know. What's Ginny Wijnaldum up to get him on board? 80 million for Fabinho? We're open for business, Stevie. We can, we can give you 16, 17 Liverpool all over again. I'm sure, I'm sure Brighton would be open to an Adam Lallana deal. You could have him coming off the bench. A little bit of Emre Chan basic action. <laughs> that that could be good as well. Who else did we have that year? We had Stephen Colker on loan. Yeah, yeah, Stephen Colker on loan. Get them a bit of a bit of Dejan the Pebble Lover at centre back. Joel Matip's had a contract, he can go in a year. Yeah, Klein um, was doing a few bits that year as well, wasn't he? In the Nathaniel Klein would be fucking dancing over there. He'd be the best right back I'd ever seen. And our left back that year was James Milner. Now, he's obviously just signed for Brighton, but he couldn't go over there anyway um, because, you know, there's no marathons to be run over there in the desert. But Albi Moreno might be available. You get a bit of him. I will draw the line at Mignolet, though, because he's practically translucent. He's that pale. You couldn't send him over there. He'd look like a stop sign after about two days. You couldn't have the poor chap over there, but we, I'm sure we can sort a goalkeeper out for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stevie should absolutely get the band back together. It'd be great. Right, here we go. 
The squad is looking good, better, better than expected, but we narrowly miss out on the Premier League and Europa League next season. One point short of winning the PL, we lose the final of the Europa League. Klopp leaves, just walks, had enough. FSG have held him back long enough. He's replaced by Ruben Amram. What do you think of that? Um, an unexpected turn of events. <laughs> um, nah, none of that's oh. happening. None of that, none of that is happening. Sorry. Right. Well, we, we, we could well no, no, lose. The, we could well, well yeah, lose the say, final. We might do the losing bits by one point and uh, losing a final, but no, none, none of the managerial stuff. Right. We miss out on the Europa League this coming season, but win the Premier League and Champions League over the following two seasons. You've in missed whichever order. Hmm? You've missed one here. No, no, I'm coming back to that one. You relax oh, okay, a second okay. now. I'm coming yeah. back to that one. So just I'm building up to that. Um, plus a domestic trophy. Klopp sees out his deal, but at the end of his deal in 2026, he leaves and is replaced by either Graham Potter or Ange Postacoglu, who both have done well in the intervening years. What would you make of that? So over the next three seasons... Four seasons up until 2027. We win one Premier League, one Champions League between now and then. And a domestic cup. And a, and a cup. And then he goes and then he's replaced by whichever one we pick. Yeah. Which will be Ange Postacoglu, who in the intervening years of Rex while. Okay, so he's, he's done fairly well at Spurs and Potter has got himself another job and done fairly well. I'm taking Postacoglu out of the two of them. Because quite honestly, taking this Liverpool team and, you know, they've they've won by that time. They've been to five Champions League finals. Putting it in the hands of Graham Potter, who doesn't like his teams to shoot at all. I'm not having it. So <laughs> we're keeping Ange Postacoglu. Um, I mean, it's possible. Look, a, a Premier League and a Champions League over what he's done so far and a Premier League and a Champions League over what's to come. That's absolutely possible. That's very, very feasible, that one. Uh, and one domestic trophy. So that's okay. Again, we'll probably still feel marginally shortchanged, but that's because we're greedy bastards. That would be quite a decent trophy haul altogether. And we'll have renewed the team, obviously, uh, and Klopp will have stayed for longer than he ever has done at any club by an absolute mile. So I'd be pretty happy with all of that. Postacoglu coming in. Might feel a bit of a safe pair of hands and maybe just to try and keep things ticking along rather than really progress the team to mm. to a new phase. But, you know, maybe, maybe if we're, if we're winning at the end of that tenure of club, then maybe that's what you want. I think our fan base might eat itself if we replace Klopp with Graham Potter, regardless of what he does in the, in the interim. Um, right, last one. Klopp wins the Europa League. And then the Premier League in the following season before leaving in 2026 when his contract expires with yeah. no other trophies. So Europa League and Premier League on top of what he's already done. Yeah. Diego Simeone replaces him. I mean, another European trophy and another Premier League title is great for the next two years, but then you've got two years of winning nothing and then he walks. So it ends a little bit disappointingly. Simeone replacing him, I mean... I'm not even going to try and argue on this one. We know, we all know what your thoughts of this are. But this would be such a massive sea change. This would be magnificent. <laughs> this would be incredible. I'd sack him now and get Simeone. 
<laughs> um, You're a brutal man. So which is the favourite? Undeniably the one that ends up with Simeone managing Liverpool for two reasons. Well, for three reasons. First and foremost, he is undeniably a brilliant manager. A brilliant manager. Number two, he's a winner. He will win stuff at this club. What he has done with Atletico Madrid is mind-blowing when you know the history of Atletico Madrid. For him to even survive there for 12 years now, given nobody else had ever lasted more than four, and win two league titles, including one at a time where Barcelona were awesome and Real were awesome. That first title, that was an inc- that's maybe the best individual season I've seen any manager have ever to win that La Liga title and get to that Champions League final and come within, what was there, like 20 seconds left when Ramos's header went in? Something like that? Like, he should have won the European Cup that year. And number three, it would boil all the right piss among all the <laughs> clueless lads who don't understand what they're talking about. It would be tremendous. So that's my favourite. If I, mean, I have to pick honest. one that I think is most likely, yeah. the one I think is most likely is is kind of number three, but expanded. So we narrowly miss out on the Premier League in Europa, but I think then Klopp stays till 2026, maybe doesn't win anything between now and then, and leaves, and then Ruben Amram takes over. That I think is most is the most likely of these five. Um, that one's got us winning nothing. I think if if Klopp stays over that expanded period, like you say, then we will win stuff. We will win bits. The one I think is my favorite. The one I think is my favorite is number five, which you've read out in number four position, because we win the most trophies. So what comes afterwards? Doesn't matter which manager you sign, you can't you can't allow for it. There there are worlds where Arna Slot wins more than Simeone just because it just doesn't fit. It's not because he's a better manager, it's not because he's a better replacement for Klopp. It's just football's stupid sometimes and whenever Klopp leaves, it's gonna be dead painful. We're gonna have a horrible, horrible transition from manager to manager. And probably the first manager may well not do much. That's what mm. generally tends to happen after a head coach has been at any club for a big long time winning stuff. You want a so, patsy in between. You want someone yeah. who's going to bear the brunt of the collapse like a Moise yeah. or so, uh, an Emery or somebody. So exactly. Potter's, so, Potter's it's not Graham Potter, it's Ange. <laughs> it's Ange. Ange is no, no, no. patsy here. We're right. not doing that to him. We're now, not let him have a cup. He's not a total way. patsy. Have you seen his jumpers, Carol? Look <laughs> at that to a man that wears those jumpers. Graham Potter has patsy written all over him. And let me tell you one other thing. There is no world in which Arnie Slot wins more than Diego Simeone. Because while he might take the trophy home, Diego Simeone will wait till the dead of night, cut the cables to his alarm system, clamber up a drain pipe in a window, and steal those trophies and bring them on home with him. Yes, I Rather I than allowing some Arnie Slot fella to have them. I should have specified that he, he would be um, initially handed more trophies. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'll go number five. 
Yeah, I'll go for uh, we miss out on the Europa this season, but we win the Premier League and the Champions League over the next three years in whichever order, plus a domestic trophy. Three more trophies for Klopp, and then he's replaced by Ange. Yeah, but in my my scenario, he we win a Europa League and a Premier League, so it's not far off. It's not yeah. far off, and then we get a far better manager in in El Cholo. So I'm taking that right. That's the end of questions. That's the end of questions. Um, take your manager. You take your journalist hat off for a second. And I want you to discard it because you're not going to need it for the next. What have we got left? About about ten to fifteen minutes left. Twenty teams in the Premier League next season, Carl. As there usually is. I want your off the top of your head hottest take on each club. Could be to do with anything. So it could be to do with a single player, a manager, the club in general. Just some outlandish hot take that you wouldn't put in an article or wouldn't put out there on Twitter. This is just within the comfort of this podcast. Which everyone can listen to. Which everyone can listen to and Eddie will probably turn into an article at some point uh, on on the website. But right, okay. I'll give one as well. So we'll do we'll do all clubs, and just as out there as you can think. All right, let's go in Premier League order from finishing places. Right, and we'll do the newly promoted teams as the bo- as the bottom three. Yeah. Okay. So starting off, Manchester City. Hottest take. You can win as many troubles as you want. It's still not interesting. Very similar to mine. You're just wigging with cash. No one cares. Your own fans don't even care. Your parade looked like a funeral procession. I was actually embarrassed watching those players come out and lift those trophies on that tiny little stage in front of about 6,000 people, none of whom seemed to care that they were there. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout moving on Arsenal Bill you need to go first and we snake it okay okay I'll go first hardest take Arsenal finish fifth next year (laughs) 
Granite Shacker goes and you see what we've been fucking talking about for the last <laughs> 800 years. He had a good season. Don't care. How? <laughs> it must have killed you to watch him have by far the best season he's had at Arsenal. While Unai Emery had an unbelievable run at Villa. You're too... Well, if, how did Harris Safarovic a season go? Did he, did <laughs> Not he well. <laughs> no, he did it didn't do well. Look, look, Shaq had the greatest season of his life and it was still him who cost Arsenal a shot at the title. Yes. There you go. And nothing yes, else to say about it. Because at the end of the day, he will always grant a jacket. Uh, Harris Safarovic scored uh, five goals in 31 games. Oh, that was a good season for him. <laughs> on two loans between Galatasaray and Celta Vigo. Uh, right, Manchester United. Oh, God. Hot take of Man United. Um, if they're sold to Qatar, they will become as irrelevant as their neighbours. All the success that they build, all the good work that's been done this year, it will become irrelevant. I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. Mine is that I think Rafael Varane is by far the best central defender at the club. And I don't really understand why they're trying to sign Kim Min Jae to partner Lissandra Martinez when Rafael Varane is better than both of them. Next up, Newcastle United. I don't think Eddie Howe sees out the season. Oh, you bastard. That was mine and it was my turn. Oh. No. No. No, No, it was my turn. I'm first on them because I went first on Arsenal, so I go first on Newcastle. Okay. I was going to say Eddie Howe gone by Easter. I reckon he's the England manager after the next Euros, Carl. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Could see it. So you've got the same as me then for... Yeah, sorry. It's not very hot. It's only Luke. No, no. That's that's absolutely fine. Let's go Liverpool then. You go first. Top at Christmas. Ooh, interesting. I will say Darwin Nunes gets 40 goals in all competitions next season. 40 goals? 40 in all competitions next season. He's a menace. He's going to score for fun. FK, um, Rijeka, and Spartak, Locomotive, Torpedo, Moscow. That's the thing. Part he's two going, are going to be absolutely decimated. He's going to run amok. He's going to get hat-tricks against them all. He's going to end the group stage in the Europa League with 14 goals. Um, uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, I think they'll surprise people and go and get to the semi-finals of the Europa League. I could see that happening, but I'm going to go for a bottom half finish. See, that's where the fall off will be because they they won't have the depth to do both. Right, <laughs> Aston Villa, Carl, you're first. My hot take for Aston Villa, and you can't just say they're going to finish seventh again and not <laughs> win an away game. I was going to go for the away for the away uh, results. I'm not going to. I've got to be nice. 
my hot take for Aston Villa is that Unai Emery gets handed a new contract. My hot take for Aston Villa is that Unai Emery should be their top replacement for Jurgen Klopp in 12 months' time if Klopp fails Lock to off. get through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I did a daily rant. <laughs> I did a daily rant the other day and I told people I was going to do this podcast and I told them that when I got to Villa, I was going to say that Emery should be the replacement for Klopp just to see how he'd react. So there we go. Um, <laughs> moving on. Tottenham Hotspur. I'm not on the call anymore. <laughs> it's me first anyway, so that's fine. Spurs can sell Harry Kane and improve. Spurs can sell Kane and Son and improve. Ooh, interesting. If there's an offer like for that. Son this summer, they should take it. They should. He's 31. He might be the one that, that PSG come in for. Um... Brentford. Brentford are being silly billies if they're paying thirty million pounds for Brennan Johnson. I really like Brennan Johnson. I so really I. like Brennan Johnson, but they already have Kevin Shade and Keen Lewis Potter. They have enough young they need to go and buy a striker. My hot take on, on Brentford is they need to go and buy Victor Yorkerez of, of Coventry and have him come in and be the Tony replacement and potentially look to sell Ivan Tony in January because he's going to leave eventually anyway. I think you sell him in January if you can. So, yeah, selling Ivan Tony in January is more my hot take. Um, Fulham then. Fulham. I think Mitrovic scores single digit Premier League goals next season. I don't know why. I just, I don't know why. Maybe he gets sent off eight times or something. <laughs> more, more goals, more red cards than goals. Yes. Um, <laughs> Fulham to be within five points of the relegation zone. Ooh. Crystal Palace. In your first. Make a cup final. Interesting. Interesting. I think Crystal Palace will be in the relegation mix if they keep Hodgson. So I don't think there's enough goals in the team. With, with, with Wilf going, I don't think there's enough goals. Um, Chelsea. I'm first. I'm going to say Chelsea finish third next season under Poch. Behind City and us. I'm going to go for Enzo Fernandez team the season. I think it's very possible. I think it's very, very possible. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and you go first. I think next season Wolves will finally achieve their lifetime ambition of scoring minus goals in a course of a season. I have Wolves to go down next season, as things currently stand. If Ruben Neves leaves, I think they're in trouble. Big trouble. Uh, uh, West Ham United. I will say, I think they can improve drastically if they buy two 
good midfielders to replace Declan Rice, I think they'll improve drastically as an all-round team. Because hot- the other fella is a, is a tree. He doesn't move. <laughs> My hot take is Alphonse Ariola finally becomes first-choice goalkeeper. Yeah, that's At fair. 30 years of age. <laughs> He's been warming up to it. Um, Bournemouth, you first. Uh, relegated. I think Bournemouth are going to finish top half. That's my hot take. I think they're going to finish top half. I don't know why. There's no real logic to it. <laughs> There's no logic to it at all. In fact, no logic. No real logic. There's no <laughs> logic to it at all. Uh, Nottingham Forest, I think, finish comfortably outside the relegation spots next season, and Steve Cooper gets the appreciation he deserves. Morgan Gibbs White to make the England squad for Euro 24. Oh, I like that. I like that. I'd li- I would like that as well because I think he's excellent. Our good friends, Diev, and you go first on this one. Uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin to finally play four successive matches. Everton. Everton win more than five away games next season. There's mine. We'll do these the bottom three as they were, and then we'll do the three coming up. Uh, Leicester. Um, I don't think Leicester are coming straight back up. I think they have huge amounts of work to do, and of the three teams that are gone down, I think they're in the worst situation from a playing staff perspective. Yeah, completely agree. And... Um... Potentially from a coaching perspective as well. Dean Smith mm. did not do well with Norwich when he was trying to bring them back up there at all. Not at all. I think Leicester bottom half of the championship as it stands. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And then if that happens, the owners might just decide to pull out and go on to something else. Um Leeds United then, you up first. Win the league. Oh, big shout. I don't mind that though. I don't mind that at all. Mine was going to be that they bounced straight back up. And then finally, Southampton. I think they have at least... I don't think Russell Martin sees out the entire season. I think he gets sacked midway through the year. I'm going to say they win the transfer window with a over £100 million net profit. It's very, very, very possible. Right, coming up then, let's start with the playoff winner, Luton Town. What do you think? A hot take about Luton Town. Um, I know nothing about them. They do not get the worst ever points tally of the Premier League. I agree. I don't think they'll get the worst, but I, I still see them finishing bottom or second from bottom. Sheffield United. I think they finished high. I think they finished highest of the three teams coming up. Sheffield United. I mean, I just don't care about them. I really don't care about Sheffield United. I, well, my, I hot take, my hot take they'll loan someone from Liverpool. Nat Phillips, come on down. <laughs> Do you know who they should loan? Queeving Callagher. That should be who they go for this summer. They need an upgrade in goal. 
they should go for Cuevin Kelleher this summer. Burnley, finally. Europe first. What do you think of Tottenham, uh, man? Vincent Company, actually not the uh, second coming of Pep Guardiola in his first season in the Premier League. Yeah, mine was going to be the same. Mine was going to be that midway through next season, the Premier League clubs that were linked to him are realising that they were wrong to even consider it, that it's far too early for him and that his time at Anderlecht is probably more telling than his time at Burnley. Um, yeah, so there we go. That'll do. Radio, that'll take time. We are we are an hour, an hour and five minutes in or so, so I think that's fairly decent. Is there anything you want to plug before we go? Um, loads of stuff recently, actually, so just check Twitter. That's the easiest, isn't it? There you go. Follow Carl on Twitter, at Carl Matchett. Follow Guy at Guy Drinkle, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.